بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين uh, I'm grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us this opportunity to start our second session on a very blessed day, the day of the birth anniversary of Imam Baqir and the beginning of the month of Rajab also although for some of you it still would be the night before the, the first day but it's already the month of Rajab because Islamically the day starts with the night so after sunset the day which is 24 hours starts but with the night you know night is very significant so some of you are in the night of the Rajab and some like us are in the day of Rajab as you can see in the window behind me it's already sun uh, shining and uh, it's around 6 11 a.m. Uh, before I also start I should also inform you that if you go to the recorded lectures in the, and actually on the main part the uh, main page you can find recordings of the first part of uh, whispered prayer and if you go to that uh, you will find that there is a PowerPoint uh, which is prepared by uh, one of our sisters, Sister Nassim from UK and I thank her for uh, her uh, good initiative in offering to have uh, these uh, PowerPoint slides May Allah reward her. So it would help you, especially those who have not been able to listen to the first lecture, to get ideas about what the lecture was about. But also those who have listened, it would help them to keep a record of the major points which were said. Uh, inshallah, we hope that we can have this every time. Inshallah, before the next lecture starts, we hope to have it uh, ready for you so that you can review before we start the lecture. As you remember, we already started Munajat al-Ta'ibin and we talked about some of the passages in this Munajat, but uh, still. Uh, there are many uh, aspects of this uh, monajat which we need to inshallah focus the first sentence that i want to start with is a'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim fa ba'izzatika ma ajadu lidhunubi sawaka ghafira after explaining our miserable situation because of committing sins and how they have made us uh, humiliated and how they have uh, made our heart affected to the extent that we said that my great crime has uh, killed my heart then we say oh Allah by your honor and dignity 
Ezza means honor, dignity. Uh, some people may have translated as might also, but uh, this is something uh, which is normally understood as honor and dignity. By your honor and dignity, I admit that I find no one to forgive me, to forgive my sins, except you. Ma ajadu lidunubi This is very important to remember that it is only Allah who can forgive our sins, no one else. Even in Islam, the prophet or imams cannot forgive our sins. You know, for example, in some religious traditions, you can go and confess and the priest can forgive your sins. But in Islam, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive our sins. We can go to the Prophet or to the Imams and ask them to pray to God to forgive us. Like for example, the children of Ya'qub, they went to the father and they said, Ya Abba please ask God to forgive us. Or for example, Allah says in the Quran, If the people who have done zulm to themselves, they come to you and then They ask forgiveness from God And the Prophet also asks Allah to forgive them. So they do istighfar for themselves and the Prophet also asks Allah to forgive them. Then then they will find God is the most repenting and merciful. So the Prophet asked God, please forgive us. Or for example, the angels, according to the Quran, they ask Allah to forgive Mu'mineen. The beautiful verse, رَبَّنَا وَسِعْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ or, or, or something like this, uh, maybe uh, I don't want to you know, uh, recite mistakenly but basically the ayah is this, you can find it inshallah yourself and it says that الَّذِينَ يَحْمَلُونَ الْعَرْشَ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهُ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدُ رَبِّهِمْ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please forgive the believers. This is the beautiful nature of the angels. Yeah, actually I found the verse, alhamdulillah. Surah Qafir, number 7. They ask Allah to forgive the believers. You have included and embraced everything with your knowledge and rahmah. Please forgive those who repent and follow your path. Please save them from the punishment of the hell. So you see how beautifully they pray for the believers. Instead of having any enmity for children of Adam, when they were asked to do sajda for Adam, they indeed pray for the believers. So angels can ask Allah to forgive us, the Prophet and Imams can ask Allah to forgive us, the parents can ask Allah to forgive us, and these are very important, very powerful, but at the end the only one who can forgive is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore we say here, 
I don't find anyone other than you who can forgive my sins. And similar to this is the next sentence. Kasr means to be broken. Uh, we are here uh, likening ourselves to a bone. A bone which is strong still can be broken. Who can restore a broken bone? In Arabic this is called Jabr. Jabr means to restore and to mend. So when we are broken by our sins the only thing that can bring us to the normal condition is Tawbah. When we ask Allah to, re to, uh, to return to us, to accept our Tawbah, then inshallah we will be back to the normal condition. As we have in Hadith, The one who returns to God and repents sincerely about his Tawbah, when his Tawbah is accepted, he is like the one who has not committed any sin. So, the bone which is broken can be brought back to the normal condition. Of course, those who have not committed sin and have not become proud of themselves, they are possibly not all the time in a better condition. I'm not saying all the time because sometimes there are people who have committed sins and then they repent and they become so humble and so regretful that even they can go higher than the people who have never committed a sin but they may think that they are important or they are you know very good people uh, so basically for the time being it's enough just to say that if the sin is completely forgiven then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can wipe it out even Allah can uh, transform our sins into good actions Allah transformed the bad deeds into good deeds okay so we here say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala O oh Allah by your honor I don't find anyone to forgive me other than you and I don't find anyone to be able to mend my brokenness other than you I have subjected myself to you in repeated turning means roju means return means by returning to you I have subjected myself to you. I am showing my maximum humbleness to you. I am not coming here as an arrogant person. I am not like Iblis that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, asked him, why did you refuse to do sajda for Adam instead of asking for forgiveness, instead of regretting, he blamed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, I am better than him. And you have created me from fire, you have created him 
me from fire, but him from clay, and so on and so forth. That was very bad. That was a bigger mistake. If he had not uh, spoken to Allah in that way, the first sin could be forgiven. He could have said, oh Allah, please forgive me. But unfortunately, he didn't regret and he insisted on his mistake and then started hmm, objecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even he said, because you have deceived me and misguided me, I'm going to misguide them. But God never misguides a person. It's your own attitude that causes misguidance for you. And if in some places in the Quran we find that Allah guides the one he wills and misguides those who he wills, it doesn't mean that Allah takes the initiative to misguide people. When people don't appreciate from Allah's guidance and deprive themselves from guidance, this is the meaning of being misguided by God. In any case, it's important not to follow the pattern and the style of shaitan. When we commit sins, we should say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very humble way that I have come to you and I am regretful and I don't find anyone else other than you to restore my damage to uh, accept my tawbah. And then, وَعَنَوْتُ بِالْإِسْتَكَانَةِ I have humbled myself to you in a basement. This humbleness is very important. And some of you who were watching our previous discussions, you know we had a discussion about the significance of humbleness. Even there were, uh, I think, a paper put online for you about love, humbleness and thankfulness. So with all humbleness, we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I have come to you and I am very regretful. So now for such a person like me, who has disobeyed his master and knows how much damage he has done to himself. If the only one who can forgive him, who is his master, refuses to welcome him and says, I don't want to see you anymore, I don't want to uh, forgive you, then what happens? That's a disaster. It's impossible. You have only one master. You have only one person who has the solution for your problem. If he refuses to welcome you, then you have no choice. فَإِن مِنْ فَبِمَنْ If you refuse to accept me, if you reject me, you know, if someone comes to your house as a guest, for example, or because has a need and knocks on the door, and then you refuse to accept him and say, go away. This is called tard. So, if you cast me out from your door, in whom shall I take shelter? To whom should I go? Is there any other person to help me? So, we are saying this to God, but on the other hand, this is a reminder also for ourselves that if you want something from Allah, and know that there is no other one to offer that. So keep knocking the door. Don't go anywhere else. Even if the door is not open right away because of some problems, maybe you are not found to be really regretful, really honest, 
keep knocking the door keep showing your humbleness so that inshallah the door will be open don't go any other place this is the only place that you have to remain whether the door is open or not this is the only place so t stay there show your insistence so that inshallah finally the door will be opened uh, we have this uh, proverb in arabic which says man when you knock a door and you insist finally the door will be opened so this is part of it and if you repel me from your side in whom shall I seek refuge very similar so I have only you and I'm not going to go anywhere else I have to remain here till you accept me so fawa asafa min khajlati waftawahi oh my grief at my khajla khajla it's written ignominy if I pronounce it well but what is the real meaning here I'm not very sure about this particular word I haven't checked it but khajla means to feel embarrassed it's very common term in Arabic and Farsi when you feel embarrassed that is khajla and khajul is the one who feels embarrassed sometimes it is just to feel shy but sometimes it's more than feeling shy because you have done something wrong and when you think of the wrong that you have done you really feel embarrassed you feel you know that um, you don't want you know to be seen you don't want to anyone to notice you because there is something you know bad that you have done you know if for example we have a bad dress on for example dress which is dirty we don't want anyone to look at us we don't want to appear in the public so if we have committed some sins and the dirt and darkness of the sin is on us and Allah and the Prophet and angels see those so we don't want to be seen we don't want to be in that condition we feel very much embarrassed so uh, this is the meaning of khajla and iftalah means disgrace or to be known in a notorious way so oh my grief at my uh, ignominy and disgrace it's terrible condition that you know when you appear in public in the condition that you don't like to be seen and inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us when we appear in the plane of resurrection in the mahshar to be in a condition that we would be happy to be seen by people not that you know we feel terrible when people you know look at us and they record of our actions okay 
وجتراحی Oh my sorrow at my evil works and what I have committed So we say these in different words different ways so that we show to Allah that I really understand this is not that I say I am sorry no we say in different way we insist on being forgiven this is very good for ourselves this establishes Toba in us and also proves to Allah to be a sincere and honest and serious Toba as'aluka ya kabir I ask you O forgiver of great sin the one who can forgive not only minor sins he can forgive major sins and those are the sins for which hell is uh, their punishment O mender of broken bones I ask you to overlook my ruinous or my destructive misdeeds Mubaqa means something that destroys, terminates, finishes you, damages you, ruins you so please forgive me by overlooking my ruinous misdeeds and also in addition to that and cover my disgraceful secret faults or secret qualities Sarira is not just thoughts anything secret in you is Sarira because in Arabic they have Surah and Sarira. Surah is your physical form, your outward outlook, something that you do and people can see or feel, but Sarira is something inside. Only people who know you, people who have been in touch with you for some time, can realize what is in your soul, what is in your heart, because people can pretend to be good. After some time, after being, for example, able to live with someone, to work with someone for a considerable time, seeing him in different conditions, gradually you may understand what is there in Sarira, in their bottom, in their inward reality, in their heart. Those can be ideas, thoughts, intentions, qualities, bad qualities, good qualities. These type of things are all Sarira. And on the Day of Judgment, we know that all these things will become clear so not only people can see our size our you know shape our body our face our hands they can see also inside there's maximum transparency on the day of judgment so people cannot be munafiq and pretend to be mu'min cannot be for example jealous or greedy or selfish and pretend to be good these will be known. So therefore, if we don't want to feel embarrassed 
by having such disgraceful uh, reality, we should ask Allah to forgive us and to cover all those bad qualities. Of course, to cover is the first step, but Toba has different levels, and in higher levels, not only that will be covered, but also it will be absolutely removed so that there is nothing there which would be covered. وَلَا تُخْلِنِي فِي مَشْهَدِ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ بَرْدَ عَفْبِكَ وَقَفْرِكَ O Allah, please, on the witnessing place of the resurrection, when all people are resurrected and they are on the day of resurrection present in the plane of resurrection, and they witness what is happening about other people. So in such a place that everyone is resurrected and is present, please do not deprive me, or as it's translated, empty me not, which is reliable, but it means don't deprive me from the coolness of your pardon and forgiveness. You know, when you feel very hot on the day of resurrection, but the forgiveness comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it makes you feel very cool, very relaxed, very refreshed. وَلَا تُعْرَنِي مِنْ جَمِيلَ صَفْحِكَ وَسَطْرِكَ Means, please do not leave me without cover, without dress. Strip me not of your beautiful forbearance and covering. I don't want to be seen naked without proper dress. Allahi, ala It's a very beautiful way of using uh, some um, skills of balaga rhetorics to say things in a very beautiful way, like in a poetic or metaphorical way. So here, the mercy of Allah is likened to clouds. Oh Allah, please let the cloud of your mercy cast its shadow upon my sins. I don't want my sins to be visible, to be known. So if these mercy of Allah come as clouds, they can shadow upon my sins. And inshallah in this month of Rajab where Rahmah of Allah comes down as shower, so our sins should be forgiven. We should not wait for the months of Ramadan to be forgiven. We should make sure that right now in the months of Rajab everything is forgiven so that we can really enter into the feast of Allah and benefit from the feast of Allah in the best way. وَأَرْسَلْ عَلَىٰ عُيُوبِ سَحَابَ رَعْفَتِكَ And send down on my faults the cloud of your love, of your affection. It's very beautiful. Like mercy 
which is rahma. We have ra'fa, means love, affection. So, please send the clouds. Sahab and ghamam have the same meaning. Please send them so that they cover my sins, my faults. And then, again after that, we say, Ilahi. هَلْ يَرْجِعُ الْعَبْدُ الْآبِقُ إِلَّا إِلَى مَوْلَاهِ Oh Allah, is the servant, the slave, who has escaped. Abiq is the one who has escaped from his master, has disobeyed his master, has damaged his relation with his master. But if he wants to return, if he regrets and said, why I left my master, why I left the house of my master, why I am with the strangers, and he wants to go back, where should he go? Is he able to go to any place other than his master and his master's place? <laughs> if a child runs away from house, does he have any place other than his own house and parents to go back? No. Is there anyone who can grant him sanctuary from his master's wrath other than his master himself? No, no one. Yes, people can go and say, you know, please forgive him. They can, you know, do shafa for you. They can intercede for you. But at the end, the one who decides is the master himself. Then we say, Allahi. In kana nadamu ala dhambi tawbah, fa inni wa'izzatika minan nadami. You know, the core, the essence of tawbah is to be remorseful, to regret. If you do everything, but you don't regret, you will not be forgiven. For example, if sometime in my life I didn't fast, although I was supposed to fast, I didn't fast. I was supposed to say my prayer, I was mature, I was baligh, but I didn't pray. It's not just enough to do ghava, say, okay, I didn't fast, now I fast instead of that, or I say my prayer and no. The very first thing is to regret, to say I did something wrong. And then of course you do Qadha and if some compensation has been, it has to be made, you will make. But the main, the substance, the essence of Tawbah is to be remorseful, to regret. So, Elahi, in kana nadamu ala dhamb Tawbah fa'inni if the regret and the remorse for sin is tawbah, is repentance, so by your honor I confess that I am one of the remorseful. I'm really sorry. Hitta, if asking forgiveness for offenses, for sins, for mistakes, is hitta, means causes drop of the sins, the sins will be dropped like leaves which 
drop in fall or autumn the scenes also will drop I confess that I am one of those who ask for forgiveness istighfar means to ask for forgiveness and then I say to Allah okay uh, till I am forgiven you may want to blame me no problem you can blame me but please forgive me you know sometimes people who are sorry they don't want to be blamed they don't want to be said that you have done something wrong they say okay I'm sorry forgive me I'm going but we say to Allah oh Allah my main concern is to restore the damage that I have caused to myself the damage that I have caused to my relation with you this is the main thing so please don't punish me please don't put me among the people who are far from you and you can blame me as much as you like because I really deserve it but please finally be happy with me you can blame me till you become satisfied with me you become ready to forgive me so if we have done something wrong we have to be prepared and to be brave enough to be blamed of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Karim who is very generous very kind would not blame us if it is not needed he is Sari or Raza he will quickly be satisfied and happy but it is important for us to be ready for blame I cannot do bad things and say don't blame me this is a matter of humbleness this is a matter of being serious in your regret and sometimes you need to be blamed so that you learn what were the problems so that in the future you don't repeat if I do something wrong and I don't really understand what I did I don't know all the aspects and dimensions of the damage I have done or I don't know all the things that uh, acted together and led me to that problem then in future I may do it again so sometimes this utbah, this blame is needed but I have to be ready for that Ilahi my Lord my Allah through your power over me turn toward me accept my tawbah you forgive not because you are weak or you are not able to punish you know sometimes I cannot do anything so I say okay I forgive him just to satisfy myself but Allah is merciful and at the same time powerful he is not merciful out of weakness so although he is powerful we say please use this power to forgive me sometimes the power to forgive has to be stronger than the power to punish you know you can experience this I'm sure you have already experienced sometimes you can easily punish someone like a child but if you want to forgive it's much more difficult you need to have 
great patience. You have to exercise great control. Through your clemency, your forbearance, please forgive me. Through your clemency toward me, pardon me, forgive me. In addition to your power and in addition to your helm and forbearance, you have knowledge. But through your knowledge of me, be gentle towards me. Although your knowledge is frightening because you know everything about me, even you know my intentions, you know everything hidden from people. Nothing is hidden from you. So, when you know everything, please don't use the, your, that knowledge against me. Please use that knowledge to be kind to me. Because at the same time that you know all my mistakes, you know that I didn't want to be a bad person. You know that I am very weak. You know that shaitan is working against me. My nafs is working against me. And I have lots of problems. I honestly and sincerely admit that I am a bad person. I am a weak person. And you better than anyone else know that how much I need help. If a person is ill, and you know that that person is ill. If a person is weak, and you know that person is weak, so you try to be gentle towards him, so that he can become good again, strong again, he can recover so please use your knowledge to be kind and gentle and soft with me. And then Imam starts talking about Tawbah as a gate that Allah has opened for us for being forgiven. And inshallah this will be discussed next week. So if we have questions inshallah we can address. And then inshallah we will say Khuda Hafiz to each other. So now I'm waiting for some questions to come. The first question. If there is a sin or sins that were committed in the past, but we are not doing them now, and we have not asked forgiveness for them. If we have remorse for those sins but did not explicitly ask for forgiveness, are these sins forgiven? For example, if someone used to lie, felt remorse, and then stopped, and doesn't lie anymore, but never asked for forgiveness, are these sins considered forgiven? How can we ask for forgiveness for sins we no longer do and no longer remember? Thank you. Yeah, this is a very good question. Thank you for this question. The main thing is to regret and then decide not to do it again and to decide to compensate. These are three steps. But the first thing is to regret, to really understand the badness of the action, of the scene, and decide not to do it again. And because you know that you have done something bad, so you want to compensate to restore the damage. So the fact that Alhamdulillah such person never does that sin and has stopped it, this is a kind of a step far, this kind of repentance. 
But some scholars say that still it's important to formally also ask forgiveness by saying the formula of asking for forgiveness, astaghfar. Simply, for example, astaghfirullah or astaghfirullah rabbi wa atubu ilayhi or astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum al-rahman al-rahim dhul-jalal wal-ikram wa atubu ilayhi or I ask Allah from all the bad things that I have done. So it is good also to use these formula and these words because these words are prayers and are very powerful. And also, if we don't remember all our sins individually, we can say to Allah, please forgive all my sins. As we say in Du'ai Kumil, Allahumma gfirli kulla dhambin aznabtuh wa kulla khati'atin akhta'atuha. The second question, Salamun alaykum shaykh, alaykum assalam wa rahmatullah. You mentioned that on the day of judgment, all our characteristics such as jealousy and sins will be exposed and will be embarrassed for others to know about it. But won't we be so concerned and worried about our own sins that we would not care about others? Uh, of course, uh, but this by itself is also a great, great concern. As we say in the Allah la tafbahni yawm al-qiyamata ala ru'us al-ashhad Oh Allah, please do not disgrace me on the day of judgment in front of witnesses. Because for a human being, one of the most important things is his honor, is his dignity. If instead of people, not only normal people, but people like the Prophet, like Lady Fatima, like Imams, like all the holy people, like our family members, if in front of them we are uh, known to be bad and our bad qualities are shown, this would be a great pain, a great you know, suffering. So this would be on top of the other sufferings that we have and it will be very difficult. Uh, therefore we should ask Allah for covering us and Alhamdulillah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah covers us even sometimes Allah doesn't let the angels or even the Prophet know about our sins. But if we don't ask for it and we don't really qualify ourselves for that, that would be terrible. Question three Salamu alaikum can we can we cite these du'as and other in Saifah Sajjadiyah in English, as that is the language I understand, or is it required to recite in Arabic also? Of course, you can recite it in English, and it would be very powerful even if you recite it in English. But there is also a barakah, there is also a blessing in the actual words which were used by Imams. So, if you can read it in Arabic as well, so it's good. Otherwise, don't worry. Inshallah, you will get at least great part of the uh, benefit by just reading the English translation. Please tell us why certain prayers and repentance genuinely done do not get answered. Actually, it's impossible to pray to Allah or to repent to Allah genuinely and receive no answer. Man du'a, Whoever has been granted tawfiq to pray, he would be definitely answered. If 
we don't see the answer and our dua was really genuine and sincere so it's because either the answer is given not quickly it comes later or because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that something else is better than me sorry better for me than what I have asked so he answers me but by giving me something better so maybe there is a problem that I have and that problem takes time to be sorted out so I should not think that my dua is rejected gradually it will be sorted out and sometimes Allah finds that I have to cope with that problem that problem has to be there either because it's better for me or because other people are involved and if they don't want to change God would not force them although he can but sometimes his wise plan for the life of people is not letting him to interfere therefore what happens is that he gives me in replacement of what I have asked something greater for example if an innocent person is imprisoned or is being killed he prays to Allah for being released Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can help him in being released right away Allah can help him in being released after some time or sometimes Allah doesn't interfere because there is a wise general plan for Allah not to interfere in that particular case so even if that person is killed in replacement of the prayer that he had for being saved and released Allah gives him something more and greater so much so that on the day of judgment he says oh Allah I am thankful that you didn't give me what I wanted you saved it for my akhirah you gave me something greater in akhirah there is a uh, hadith that when people on the day of judgment see what Allah has given them for their suffering they wish in dunya their body was made into pieces by Caesar or they wish none of their duas were answered in dunya in the way that they asked for so definitely Allah is going to answer all the sincere duas but the way suits us the best not the way that we think can you please tell us uh, sorry, can you please comment? Oftentimes we commit a sin, knowing it as a sin, we feel bad but enjoy this sin and do it again. Yes, this is a very important question. Unfortunately, what happens is that sometimes when we have tendency towards a sin, it's you know bringing pleasure to us. Uh, we do it after I enjoyed myself I had the pleasure the pressure goes down so I regret for example I was hungry there was a food which was not halal so I eat the food I enjoy the food but when my hunger is over I say oh why did I do that I should not have eaten haram food but then again tomorrow if I'm put in the same condition again I eat the haram food why? Because 
although I understand that this is a bad ac uh, action, but I can only resist against my temptations when my hunger is over. When I feel hungry, I don't have that much determination to stand against my temptation, my desires. A real Tawbah is when your understanding increases, when your willpower increases, when your determination increases. So you eat from haram food, then you regret and you reflect on that and you become so much against it that if you are put in that condition, you never do it. This is the real Tawbah. Otherwise, you regret, maybe you are forgiven, but again you may do it again. Question 6. Salam. What is the difference between Af and Ufran? Ufran means to be forgiven. Af to me seems that it's to be wiped off. You know, sometimes something is forgiven, sometimes something is forgotten. Af is more than being forgiven. So, for example, imagine I have done something wrong and my master tells me that wrong thing that you did was so and so, but you are not going to be punished for that. But sometimes they completely remove it from the record of my action. This is Af. And this is very close to Mahmusayyat. It's a wipe out the bad actions. Are. So, you know, imagine on the Day of Judgment, uh, there can be different scenarios. Sometimes a person is given the record of his actions and there are sins. Sometimes the sins are uh, crossed, but still people can see that there are sins. Sometimes the sins are removed. That's much better. So no one can see my sins. Even I myself don't see my sins, so I don't feel you know, embarrassed. And sometimes, not only the sins are forgiven and removed, instead of them, good actions are put there. You know, sometimes I use this example. I say, imagine a person for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, was doing lots of sins was not a pious person, was not a committed person, was not saying prayer, fasting, so on and so forth. Okay, if everyone see what he has done in those 10 years, even if it is written that he is forgiven, it still is a bad thing. Imagine you want to be employed in an office. They say this person killed a person, but later he was forgiven. You know, who is going, who is going to employ you if they know that you have killed a person, and then later you were forgiven because you were regretful. So, not only will you be forgiven, it will be removed. But if it is just removed, still there is a gap. If people say, oh, for five years, for ten years, there is no record. So, either this person, uh, for example, was not, you know, in a conscious life which is very unlikely or he must have done something bad that Allah has forgiven him but he doesn't want to show it to us so sometimes Allah fills the record by good actions and of course 
this is very good because that person then would gain also something for those opportunities that he has lost. There are lots of discussions here. If inshallah we have time, I, perhaps we can explain. Last year in the months of Ramadan in Luton, I explained you know these things about forgiveness. Uh, question seven: What about forgiveness of the sin which you did not know at the time that it was sinful to do that? Okay, if you didn't know and you were not able to know, then inshallah they are forgiven. But if you knew or you didn't know but you were able, you could ask, you could think, because we have to learn these things, then that is a sin and now you have to do istighfar for that. The question 8, this is the last question, our time is over. Salamun alaikum shaykhuna, alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. We feel very happy to see you. Mubarak to you as well. The hadith that you narrated about when we repent, it's as if we haven't committed any sin. Imam Khomeini said about the white clothes in reference to sins being washed again. Yes, thank you very much. A beautiful analogy. And I hope that inshallah no trace of any sin would be removed. And inshallah we keep our dress of taqwa, which is labas of taqwa, inshallah clean. But by not doing any sin, and it's much better not to commit any sin than committing sin and washing, because you don't know whether you will be able to wash it or not. Is there a way to know if our sins are forgiven? If someone is really sincerely remorseful and he doesn't do that sin again and tries to compensate, I think this is a great sign that he has been forgiven. The fact that that person doesn't do it again and tries to sort out the damage, this is inshallah the sign of being forgiven. Definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives whoever sincerely returns as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it necessary for himself to forgive. This is very important. You know, it's not that Allah says I may forgive you or I may not forgive you. He says he has made it necessary for himself to forgive. The beautiful verse of the Quran says that this is upon Allah for those who have done something bad out of ignorance, out of not understanding properly or out of not acting wisely, they have done something bad. Allah says, it is upon him. Tawbah is wajib for Allah. Tawbah here means acceptance of our Tawbah, return of Allah. So, Allah says, I must forgive you. I have made it necessary for myself to forgive you. As we also have in two places, كَتَبَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ or كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ In Surah An'am number 12, Surah An'am number 54, Allah says it's compulsory. He has made it necessary for himself to be merciful. So, if a person makes a real tawbah, Allah definitely would accept just I end with this beautiful ayah 54 of Surah Al-Am. وَإِذَا جَاءَكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا فَقُلْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ أَنَّهُ مَنْ عَمِلَ مِنْكُمْ سُوءًا بِجَهَالَةِ 
When those who have faith in our signs come to you, say peace to you. Allah says to the Prophet, you should say salam to Mu'mineen. Your Lord has made mercy obligatory for himself. Whoever of you commits an evil deed out of ignorance and then repents after that and reforms, then he is indeed all-forgiving, all-merciful. May Allah inshallah forgive all our sins and mistakes. And may inshallah Allah enable us not to commit any sin and mistake. We have so much you know, things to do and our time is very short. So instead of making mistakes and then asking to be forgiven, inshallah we should ask Allah to enable us to do the best things. Not only good things, the best things. And make the best out of the short time that we have. So... I am very grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving me this tawfiq to be with you again. Inshallah we are going to continue this next week. And please in this holy month of Rajab pray for all the mu'mineen in all parts of the world. And pray for Imam Zaman Sharif, so that our Imam Zaman inshallah would be able to achieve whatever he wants. All his holy and sacred concerns should be remembered and inshallah our Imam would be also pleased with us. Thank you very much. May Allah support you and your family and have a very inshallah blessed month of Rajab. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin.